We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. One. Can you hear it? Welcome, everyone. Yes. We have another exciting and special guest here on the Terrible Reception radio show. Yes, we do. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> um, sure. Hi, everybody. Hey, y'all. Got um, your camera right there. Oh, hey, camera. <laughs> hey, um, I'm B-Hawk Snipes. Get yes. your life. I'm from the Bronx, New York. Um, Ooh, boogie my down. pronouns are they, them. And um, I'm Do you a... ever do this? I do that a lot. I put a, I put up the Bronx signal a lot. Um, it's crazy. It's 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 a mess. But you know, I gotta represent. I gotta represent for my people because I mean, you know, we got J Lo, we got Cardi, we got Terra Squad. Um, who else? Drag on from from the Bronx, right? Who? Drag on from the Rough Riders. Oh. Yeah. Terror Squad. We don't it's know everybody her. Under the um, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm joking. But they come find me. Um, but a little bit about myself. I'm an entertainer. I'm a style icon. I am a dope spirit. A dope spirit. Uh, online boutique owner. Um, what else do I do? I do a little dibbling and dabbling in so many different things. And I'm like, uh, drink. Acting. Acting. Acting, modeling. Yes. Yeah. The list goes on and on. A little bit of writing now. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What type? Um, I'm working on a couple of scripts. Mm. Um, doing some, a little bit of producing. Um, so, there's a lot of great things coming up. But, you know, I can't say too much. Call me imagine. Okay, so that bag hits. Where my bag at? We were just talking about before um, we actually went live, we were talking about kind of like uh, terminology, like get your coin. Mm -hmm. And now, like, since it's 2020, coins amount to like $20 bills when we need to get our bag. Where is your bag? What is in your bag? Right. We were were trying to to figure out, like, where, where did the terminology come from? And like we were, you know, both sides were lost. Like we're like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what, what's your favorite one? You call the queer terminology, right? The queer phrases and right. terminology. Like, what's your favorite one? Because a lot of things that a lot of people say now have come from the queer community, <laughs> especially the Black queer community. We wanted we we actually had a question like that where we're like, <laughs> where does it actually derive from? Because we see like everybody going yes, bitch, and like. It's like, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, maybe you can give us like a little, maybe. Well, my favorite is get your life. Get your um, life. I say that a lot because um, it's true. Like, I want people to like go and get your life, like get your ass up and mm-hmm. do what you need to do and get your life because you only got one life to live. So live it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's so many. I mean, it it can honestly come from someone's like, you know, cis, straight, grandmother, like, whites, probably mm. European, probably somewhere in Paris. She's like, you know, like, something really bougie, like, you know, get your get your coins, love, or something yeah, like yeah. that, and then we'll take it and spin it and be like, yeah, get your coins, bitch. <laughs> yes, work. Fuck it up. <laughs> you know, and then next thing you know, it's like, J-Lo says it or Cardi says it, and, and then it, it just blows on. up and mm. it catches on to so many other people. So it's a it's a blessing and it's also a curse i was gonna say it's like it's like who really gets um who really gets like you know the uh, acknowledgement for like the the core of it i guess like the person who creates it it's like the art world like there's always that person that doesn't get the acknowledgement for starting the whole trend 
And then, you know, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. We'll never know. We will never know. We'll, ne- we'll <laughs> never, we'll never know. We'll I always never sit there know. and think about stuff like that. Like, um, you know, the chicken or the egg. It would be like, okay, there wouldn't be a chicken without an egg, but there wouldn't be an egg without a chicken. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, we all work. I think, you know, things, things are being said, and then certain people just elevate it and mm-hmm. make it more than what it is. And sometimes mm-hmm. it works and sometimes it doesn't. So okay. that's, I think that's how, um, most, most things like that do happen in the, in the ballroom voguing scene community. And then it kind of just expands, um, to everyone else after that. So funny enough, um, I had met Hawk. Let's, let's get to the basis of how, uh, our relationship started and how it's like evolved. I met Hawk, uh, during fashion week um mm-hmm. around where was it 33rd street around that area like it was yes yeah yeah uh, one of the new when they were starting to do like more of the newer locations yeah the newer locations um and hawk was going to attend one of the fashion designer shows and i was outside um as a photographer and that's basically mm-hmm. how it all started and then um we decided to shoot um, later on in Jersey, Patterson. I remember okay. we had our first shoot. And Hawk was just this aesthetic, phenomenal <laughs> being that just posed. <laughs> so, many, and, so many words. Yeah, like it, it, it was just amazing. <laughs> like I, I felt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt for the first time like I, I was actually working uh, with somebody that I felt like was at that model standard that mm. I actually could like get something out that was portfolio worthy, mm. you know? And uh, I mentioned, you know, how we met to Jay and everything else. And we've seen how you've grown in your own lane of modeling, how you, uh, you know, ended up on Pose, um, of FX on TV, uh, just incredible um, goals you've accomplished for yourself. And that's why we're having you today, because one, it's to, um, I guess, celebrate the accomplishments you made and same here where we're all elevating in our lives. And then also to get a better understanding, really bringing our worlds together of where everybody feels like, I guess there's this disconnect uh, between the LBGTQ community and the straight community and like things that you're probably personally going through, things that we're going through. We want to just like, you know, uh, clear up the blurred lines. We want to find more insight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the beauty of our relationship where I know like, you know, we, we have such a comfortable um, dialogue every yeah. time we link and Jay was very, very excited to have you as a guest, and really, uh, I was excited. Jay, <laughs> when y'all yeah. both hit me up, I was like, "Oh, this is serious!" Like, yeah. they're on it. Yeah, they're on it. I was like, "I'll hit." He, uh, Rich, told me that uh, he was like, "Oh, just hit him up." But when I read the text, I thought he meant for me to hit you up. Oh. So I had texted you on Instagram, and then he was like, "Fuck, I already hit him up." <laughs> I was like. <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck it. He'll see the, the passion that we're both hitting you up just so we can have you on the exactly. show or whatever. So. No, it's, it's, uh-huh. it, was, it was, I was like, okay, this is, this is intense. I was like, let me get ready. Let me get ready. Let me get ready. <laughs> it was a whole process, but I'm, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. We're, we're going to learn a lot. Yeah. And y'all going to work, you're going to work on these pronouns. I, I was just about to do that because I, I noticed <laughs> I said something earlier and I was like, oh shit, hold on. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to start off with that actually. So it's a lot let's of start work, off though. with that. It's Go. a lot of work. Um, so yeah, so what my are pronouns yours? are they, them, and sometimes okay. she, her. I'm getting into it. Um, for a long time, for about 29 years, my pronouns were he, him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something very new to me, mm-hmm. um, and it's very new to um, a lot of people in my life. So um, so people who are usually gender non-conforming or non-binary, mm-hmm. um, that is my gender, non-binary, um, them had that in there um they their pronouns are usually they them usually not all the time but usually um and that means when you don't necessarily fall under the binary of male or female Mm -hmm. um you can identify as both or you can identify as neither um hence the word non-binary or gender non-conforming right um so yeah quick question now is this based off of energy appearance mixture of both and i also had a second question to go along with it where um i know even like you know how like say like a a white person when we're talking about um i would say like uh you know how like it'd be oh they're like that they like that like Mm -hmm. do you feel like one because the pronoun from a grammatical standpoint, in a sense, doesn't particularly make sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying that just, I, I don't want to play that devil's advocate, but I just want to see from your perspective that if you use they, usually it means two people, and I understand why right. they became the terminology. I'm not playing stupid. Right. But at the same time, they, when we're trying to push for the agenda where literally our brothers sisters and everything in between from the lbgtq community when we're trying to be family at the end of the day they Mm -hmm. i feel separates them the word itself separates them on an outside source so like if you're saying a bunch of white people talking about a bunch of black people be like they they're like that Mm -hmm. all that so some sometimes i feel like if we see it in both contexts sometimes as a negative context so i want the two-part question is it mm-hmm. energy and appearance is it a mixture both of who chooses you know what pronoun right and also how do you feel about it from my point of view mm-hmm. perspective of that question um i think i think if you do it on a one-to-one bit like if you look at people as individuals first yeah. then it will work better that way mm-hmm. versus like because it's definitely it's not about visual aesthetic like that's not it at all a lot of people think non-binary and gender non-conforming people are all androgynous as fuck no they all don't look like me so get that out of your mind <laughs> um <laughs> you know what i'm saying because a lot of people think that especially a lot when going to like modeling and casting calls they're like oh do you know any like androgynous non-binary people i'm like i do but i just want you to know that not all non-binary people are androgynous hmm. um some people fall more on a more masculine um look some people fall under a more feminine look mm-hmm. um 
um, when it comes to using the word they, them, it is now changed in the dictionary, mm-hmm. the Webster dictionary. So now it can mean one individ- individual person um, with two energies mm-hmm. or identifying as um, two sexes or, or genders, at least. See, that's the mm-hmm. I want to have known. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it was just added. My photo was actually used for that promotion. Shut up. Um, on Twitter, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." That's the hope. Yeah, it was me. It was Webster. It was me and um, a friend of mine who uses Zay Zim Zier pronouns. So that's Zay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really the future. You, you, I, wow. You for that. That was Wait, like, so you literally like have like the official Webster official stamp yeah. of a pr- wow. So Zay Zim. So, so Zay Zem Zier. So oh. that is, and that falls under also the um, pronoun spectrum of gender nonconforming and non-binary. Uh, so is they them there? What is Z in the beginning? Right. So it's yeah. that sounds so much cooler. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about this the other day, Zier, but it's also a tongue twister sometimes <laughs> uh-huh. when you're trying to like describe someone and like a sense like, oh, they like or they're they're going over there. Right, right. They're going over there. You know what I'm saying? Zier, so it gets a little Zier. crazy sometimes. Okay. Um, so How yeah. do you feel about it coming from again like? from a non-grammat like i guess when you think about the english language you can't think about it okay <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of the english you we know what english came from like the english dictionary it came from mostly like white cis mm-hmm. european men that makes sense yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. now i know when you say cis again Cisgender, I, I know what you're, i know what you're talking about <laughs> i personally know what you're talking about for anybody that's watching or trying to elevate their knowledge mm-hmm. you know because they're going to be thinking, oh, cis. Right. You think of white women. No. Well, cis spelled C-I-S, uh-huh. a.k.a. cisgendered, uh, which means you fall, you fall into the binary of male or female. So that is uh, cisgender. Yes. I, I always understood that as just males. I didn't understand that. That was mm-hmm. also for females, too. Yeah. Okay. So okay. We, we sometimes I call them like my cis, my cis sisters or something like that because, gotcha. you know, they're females that were born according to doctors female so don't touch it (laughs) (laughs) so um just to to piggyback off of that when you mentioned you just recently made this decision to go by yeah they them there right yeah um when did was it like a feeling like when did you start or when did you make that decision like okay this is what i'm doing because I wanted to jump onto the that topic of Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade, which you know was going on with Dwayne Wade right. and his now she identifies daughter. as a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like what what do you think about? Well, tell me about you personally, and then what do you think about that topic in particular? Um, so for me, I was going back and forth a lot of it because I was hearing different types of language and vocabulary used within the queer community. I felt like that LGBTQ plus was expanding, and I was hearing. This, you know, this term non-binary and gender non-conforming, which I've never heard before until recently. Mm. Um, and I was like, what is this about? So, you know, Google Schmoogle. Um, Google Schmoogle. Google Schmoogle, honey. Use it. That's what it's there for. If, if Google is Google they. It could be. Right. I mean, y'all could, y'all, you can identify as they, them as well. Because you it, don't have to be queer to identify and use they them pronouns i've actually met someone who is cisgendered female and she uses they them because literally growing up and i think this is just how my mind works because like some people have synesthesia where like if you hear sounds you think of colors right Mm -hmm. and then also growing up 
uh, and I mentioned this to you, I think, before, where like I see certain numbers and literally they were just male or female. Yeah. But now it's funny enough that we're having this conversation. It's like some did have a non-binary feel, but I wouldn't be like I wouldn't even have known yeah, of that you didn't bit. you didn't know the vocabulary, you didn't yeah, know the like terminology. Eight for is it. like the eight it, to me at first was female mm. because it's curvy, but it's strong, it's bold. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it could be male as well. And like if you turn on the side, it's infinite. And I feel like I never heard anyone give numbers and genders a thing. It's, like, but I had to be honest. Like I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> about like, it. No, from like what? no, from like literally an artistic standpoint. Like I, I felt like everything saying, yeah. had an energy like that. So mm. like it's funny that like like one to me would have been one is almost non-binary because it's also like it's so effeminate but it's also strong and masculine at the same time. Yeah, Two to me has always been feminine. Three is masculine. Like I can I can like literally tell you boom 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 because that's literally how I felt. But that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, three is yeah. my favorite number, and I'm eh, I'm a little bit of both, I guess, but I'm definitely more on the feminine spectrum. Mm. Um. But what was I saying? Oh, yes. To answer back on your your they, them question, um, I started to, once I found out the terminology and, you know, other people that were using that pronoun as well, um, I started to see myself on pose as a more feminine form. Mm. So it was kind of like, you know, X-Men, like Jean Grey and then Phoenix. So that's like me. So B-Hawk is Jean Grey. And then my feminine form is kind of like the Phoenix. Mm. So it it was just like powerful feminine energy coming out of nowhere that I've never seen, especially on TV before like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. And then Sir, Sir Knight, shout out to Sir Knight. He was like... I feel like I want to call you she, her all the time. And mm. I'm just like, no, I'm not she, her. I am he, him. Leave me alone. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Gotcha. And I was like holding that, holding that side of me in for so long because growing up, I was just like, no, we're like, I'm already gay enough. Mm. I don't have the time to be called she, her um, on top of that. So do you think it's the fluctuation of the times too, where it's like, you know, I, Jay and I had this conversation sometimes. It's like, I think we're more, happy with who we've become in our 30s and more comfortable with who Mm -hmm. we are and just like again there's there's a freer expression there there is terminology now to explain your feelings and i think that's what's the beauty about our generation we created that especially in black and brown communities i feel like people are opening up more i feel like the new generation a lot of the millennials were breaking down that stigma of you can't talk about how you feel mm. and things of that nature. So it's super, super duper important to do that and break that mm. cycle. Like I didn't grow up talking about my feelings or my mm-hmm. emotions. Um, never don't remember when at last time I told my mother I loved her. I don't remember my mother ever telling me she loved me. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I was younger, but I think, you know, my mother's very corporate world and she's very like, did you do your homework? Did you save your money? Like mm-hmm. she's very, she's that, she's yeah, that lady. Yeah. So um, now that I'm, you know, growing into myself, I'm like, I love you. I, I say it to like, as soon as if it, I, if I feel a great energy from you, I'm mm-hmm. definitely gonna, you know, show that love back. Right. So I'm definitely more open and honest about communicating my feelings and more mm-hmm. emotions more. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the Zaya. Is that her name? Zaya Zaya. Yeah, I think it's Zaya, Zaya. Wade. Zaya Wade. Wade. Okay. Yeah. Um, shout out to her. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's beautiful. And I think it's beautiful for black and brown communities to hear that from a father figure like Dwayne, who's 
plays basketball. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that's huge mm-hmm. at this moment it's for him to be so supportive of his child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes as a child, like just take out the gender roles. Like mm-hmm. that is a child at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, confidently figuring out who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, looking on social media and seeing how so many people, mm-hmm. so many ignorant people talking about like, her body and i'm like this is a child yeah. that mm-hmm. has more brain power than most adults mm-hmm. like respect the girl and her mm-hmm. process let her just be free mm-hmm. and amazing and figure things out right things might change in the future but at mm-hmm. this moment this is where she is right. and they need to respect mm-hmm. that yeah and that's that's kind of where i was too because you see a lot of criticism on both sides and oh, it's yeah. just like yeah she's young but she's still trying to figure things out, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's good to hear that part where you're like, maybe she'll change her mind in the future, you know? Because yeah. there's so many people that are jumping down his throat and her throat. Like, she's only 12. How could you make the decision? Yada, yada. And I'm like, come on. But that's that's, how, that's who business. she sees in the <laughs> mirror. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, because I, I look at adults, I'm like, you don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And you're like 50, 60. Yeah. So True. figure that out, sis. <laughs> Before you judge somebody Before else. Before you judge, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a huge thing. Like I wish, I wish I knew the terminology and who who I when I looked in the mirror, I knew. I wish I knew who I was. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Especially at that age, that's a, that's amazing to be like, oh no, this is how I feel and this is how I want to represent myself um, at this time in my life. So that's beautiful. I mean, I hit thirty and I was like, oh, I'm non-binary. Mm. And I think that's the beauty have. of like <laughs> what, whatever bridge that anybody has built, um, you know, for the past, for people that can be expressive and mm-hmm. choose what they want. I think as much as there's still a fight, maybe you'll probably agree that there has to be had for, uh, I would say equity, less than equality, because, you know, everybody has a different energy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think brings the beauty in this world whether you're black, white, like there's certain attributes white people have that black people don't have and black people have that white people don't have and, you know, uh, Latinos and all this that mm-hmm. we find that so like, oh my God, that's beautiful. And like, if we were all equal, it's like we would eat mangoes every day and slowly get tired of that. So I right. think like- It'll be boring as fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like um, my question, I had a couple of questions and I would say, is there any like narratives within the LBGTQ community to be weary of straight people the way that straight people almost put that energy out to be like, oh, be careful of gay people or this mm-hmm. or that. Like, do you have that with, you know, in, within your community of like, be aware of straight people, how they could be treated, like how they could treat us or anything like that. I always feel like there's that atmosphere. Like even like we went out today. Yeah. I love that, like our relationship. And I, I find it like so sacred in a sense that like, I don't feel like everybody comes together like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm comfortable to be with you. But yeah. I feel like the outside world judges it. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're looking at me like they're like, oh, are, why are you with them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some people are looking at me like, why are you with Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, uh, because you know he's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like they make more of it than it is rather like. Instead of embracing it and celebrating it. Yeah. And I think I think that's why I'm so happy that we do have the friendships that we have because we're breaking down those norms for the next generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like the older generation is probably set in their ways and mm-hmm. they're just like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are changing, 
some some older people are changing over the age of 40 (laughs) (laughs) or 50 um because they've just they've lived and they've seen so many different things and they've seen how the world has changed and evolved and they're like okay i feel like you know the times are going back into the 70s and -hmm. you know where people were just free and just living their life and there were no titles and labels um, and some people are like, no, I like it the way it is when it was the 50s and the 60s. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay. But stuck in their ways. Basically. Right. But they're yeah. very mm-hmm. stuck in their ways. And you can only do so much. Like, I'm not here to change everyone's mind. I'm here to live my life mm-hmm. and get my life. And that's it. <laughs> like, and inspire others to do the same. I think mm-hmm. that that's the gift that I have. And if if that's what that is when walking into a bar with y'all... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh-huh. someone I'm pretty sure someone's like you know wow mm-hmm. like that's an interesting group of people to right. be hanging out with mm-hmm. each other um and it kind of it might inspire them to do the same like oh mm-hmm. maybe I should switch up my friend group right instead mm-hmm. of hanging out with the same, the same looking people, people. Mm-hmm. like that's why yeah that's why I say <laughs> <laughs> that's when there, when there is pineapples mangoes guavas like you want your palate to guavas. experience it come on guava come team on, guava <laughs> right you know what I'm saying like <laughs> so but again, um, I, I really want your insight on that. Like, is there is there a fear uh, within the community of like straight people? Their people, is there still like a like as much as like straight community can have ignorance towards you know mm-hmm. LGBTQ? Is there that within the community of the straight people? Um, I feel like at times, yes. I feel like at times because I feel like as queer people. It's hard to speak for everybody, but I feel like for most of us, right, for most for most of us, from the stories I've been listening to, um, it's just tough for us to just live our lives freely. So we're constantly overthinking things mm-hmm. instead of just just living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were talking about earlier, like with the bathroom issues and things of that nature, we're always trying to figure out because we living we live in a very binary world, mm-hmm. mostly. So to step into um, those spaces, it can be very uncomfortable. And I feel like sometimes as queer people, we do judge our, you know, cisgendered brothers and sisters without even getting to know them because we've been hurt and marginalized for so long. Mm. So it can be tough because I know for me, because um, I've been hurt more by my own black people than mm-hmm. white people or Latinos, yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty sad Mm -hmm. but it's the truth um and so i do feel uncomfortable in certain black spaces at times um and i was having this i have this conversation all the time with sir Mm -hmm. because um he can go into a space and no one will pay him any mind like Mm -hmm. they're like oh that's just you know that's just some you know black dude you know just chilling Mm -hmm. um but when i walk into a room it's like rupaul's drag race yeah yeah. and everyone is just like in my face trying Uh to figure out what's going on or why are they even hanging out together Mm -hmm. not knowing that you know we're of the same experience right we're Mm -hmm. just on two different you know platforms Mm -hmm. and different like spectrums because like yeah my you know um my father actually you know uh I remember this as a as a kid <laughs> he had a photography shoot that he had to do mm-hmm. and um the gay parade was happening at the time mm-hmm. and it wasn't my father that ever made me feel different or weary about the gay community it was always like outside sources it might have been like you know somebody uh, a grandma or this or that saying something weird about it and it made you almost like fearful and I remember that experience as a child. It took mm. me a while to be who I am, right. knowing that 
I love these people for who they are. And like, I remember like my dad was taking us by hand through the gay parade and nothing that, not that anything was uh, threatening because it was all about love. Maybe it was like for my age it was heavy on the sex part. Like I remember stickers saying got sex, like got milk from back in the right. day. And like, I don't know, like everybody was dressed in like fishnets and like it was very mm-hmm. sexual driven, yeah. driven. But that day kind of opened my mind because it was how my dad approached it. And my dad or whoever is raising you at the time, your mother or father, they're the ones you look up to. So my dad didn't have a fear. He didn't make us feel weird about it. Mm-hmm. He was like almost embracing it as we were going through and just saying like, oh, this is happening today. They're celebrating. Yeah, I have to get to my job where other people make you like, and it depends on who's giving you that, mm-hmm. you know, that insight of what they think they know. Yeah. And it can change your whole perspective. Because a lot of that starts at home. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of this, a lot of ignorant training and state of mind start at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kids pick up a lot of things, of course, on the streets. Mm-hmm. But it mostly starts at home. And yeah. um, my mother has always been pretty um, accepting of all different types of people. Um so, I mean, we didn't grow up in the most, like, loving home and hippie home. But, you know, <laughs> she's been, like, you know, I've never actually, I, like, I never actually came out to her in any sort of way. She always just knew something was up. Mm-hmm. Even, like, as a child, like, I would look back. I look back at, like, baby photos of me with, like, barrettes and dresses on. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? Why do I feel we <laughs> have the same like photos? <laughs> I'm like, what is going Because my mother wanted, she wanted three girls. Mm-hmm. Her first one had passed um at eight months of sickle cell um and then i came about maybe two years later and she was like i know i know it's gonna be a girl i know it's gonna be a girl and it was me with a penis i was gonna say eventually she was right no (laughs) no but she was like she i don't i i don't know i never asked i don't know if she felt that feminine energy coming through but she Mm. was just like i'm just gonna dress you up and we're gonna play this game and it's gonna be cute Mm-hmm. And then history played mm-hmm. out itself. <laughs> Do you feel like she was bouncing off of your energy? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think parents just know. I feel mm-hmm. like parents, if you really take the time to get to know your child mm-hmm. and have that connection with your child, you kind of just know that something's a little off cue mm-hmm. of the binary in a way. Now I'm going to put you in check. Don't oh. say off. Oh, well, not off. Don't no. say off. Just something special. Special. Mm-hmm. Because I have to stop saying weird. I say weird a lot. Mm-hmm. My mother says weird a lot, so I have yeah. to stop. But thank you. Put it in the chat. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was yeah. a very interesting um, evolution mm-hmm. that we went through. So my mother, she still, I think she's more so protective now because I think she's she does see a lot of like a lot of black trans people being murdered. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even with Pose being out, I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes we're even more of a target now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like trans and um, femme uh, presenting people. Mm-hmm. So she's she's way more protective. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Are you really gonna wear that gown outside today?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> but it's cute though. And I, have a, I have it on with combat boots, so just in case I gotta get you know you gotta, gotta get rough and face. drop kick somebody in the neck or whatever. I'm good, you know." Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's all about communication and mm-hmm. how you kind of raise your kids. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned something earlier about how you grew up in a not so loving household, right? Mm-hmm. I felt that 
on a whole different level because my household was the same way. And, you know, for those that don't know, I work with kids that, you know, have behavioral issues. And a lot of them come from homes that are just like that. Mm -hmm. And somebody once told me, I forget where I heard this, but a person turns out the way they are, depending on how much love or lack of love they receive. Mm. Um, But then what I like preaching to my kids is that you can be that cycle breaker. Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting that you had mentioned that because now you're the one that's like showing love to your mom. And I bet you she reciprocates now. I bet you at she, first she was she, like super uncomfortable, right? She's still uncomfortable. No shit. Yeah. She's still like, all right, why are you touching yeah. me? I mean, she, my mother's from Harlem. You yeah. know, she's the mm-hmm. black girl from Harlem. She's like, <laughs> and her mother didn't get, didn't give her that affection either. So this mm-hmm. is, this is, you know, years and years and years right. and of, of the same cycle. Mm-hmm. So for me to now have to break that mm-hmm. um, and get her more comfortable with showing emotion and talking mm-hmm. and communicating. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some every once in a while, I like to sit at the table with my mother and like, let's That's have great. a chit chat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't we don't talk about as many things. And now I'm getting older now, so mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand a little bit her point of view mm-hmm. um, and become a little bit more patient. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, she get in there, mm-hmm. but you know. <laughs> Yeah. She's still a mom from Harlem. Yeah, she's still a black mother from Harlem. She she's like, listen, it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. What what you want me to do? And I'm like, okay, okay, mom. <laughs> you know, it's time. hard. It's so tough. Like a lot of my friends, you know, they they came from a little bit more like vocally loving homes right. where they were told I love yous and they gave hugs mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And they're like, B, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like. When my mother is 60, she just turned 60 and she's like, that's all I know. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all I know is get your work done, you know, go to school, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, save your money and mm-hmm. all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's I think now that, you know, we're all breaking that cycle, especially for you, mm-hmm. for teaching kids like that. Like, that's super duper important. Like yeah. they mm-hmm. they do. You do have the power to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And it takes time too, because I noticed with my own mom, yeah, like we never said I loved you, I love you. We never gave hugs, and now so to the point crazy. where it's like we give each other like awkward hugs, and she's just like, right, <laughs> she doesn't even know how to Isn't receive it. Isn't it crazy? It's like, damn, like you went this whole life without like a proper right. hug, mm-hmm. and I love you. Like, mm-hmm. I love hugging my. So friends. I feel, I feel yeah, that's what I was, I was about to say. I feel like you have a very loving spirit. So sometimes, like even if you don't receive that like maybe sometimes it's intuitive it's instinctive and i feel mm-hmm. like maybe you learn that along the way for yourself or anybody else that you do have to love along the way yeah um but, but i wasn't always like that though like this is like a recent thing like i used to be like don't touch me yeah yeah, yeah. but and it's then, a growth yeah it's a growth yeah. thing and it's also a new yorker thing like yeah yeah, yeah. we're I from the hard knocks right I don't, even, even jersey i don't like, trust you don't touch me thanks i was gonna say um another question i don't know if i'm asking this rhetorically but uh, what are the prejudices you face within your own circles and community? Hmm. Well, as a person of color, <laughs> um, I do tend to get a lot of shade or mistreated from my white queer <laughs> <laughs> um or gay counterparts um that's so crazy can you emphasize on the two again we trying to expand the oh, knowledge okay. so so then you have okay so gay everyone know well most people know what gay means um so gay means um that you date the same gender 
for the most part. So queer is more of an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. We're now taking that word back. It was a word that was used to marginalize us and mm-hmm. discriminate discriminate us and make us feel less than mm-hmm. um, back in the Dizay in the 19th century. It's funny you say that because um, that was actually one of my questions <laughs> oh, to really? explain the word queer. Oh, yeah. So, so queer is now an umbrella term. Who's an example of somebody, whether fame? Yeah, I feel like every time I come over, I'm like going to kiss you. <laughs> Like, I feel like I feel like uh, um, again, like who would be an example of a queer, whether like entertainment wise or somebody that somebody else might know of? Mm. Um, I would say Janelle Monae. Hmm. Okay. She is. Um, or they? I'm gonna say they just to be safe. That's another <laughs> thing. If you don't know someone's pronouns, when in doubt, when in doubt say they them. Okay. Honestly, because that way, because I mean, everyone's born with male mask and femme energies Mm -hmm. it's just up to the individual to kind of embrace certain ones more than the other like i that's why like honestly like anybody that i can talk to about like cooking decoration artsy stuff Mm -hmm. i could never do that really amongst my straight friends it'll be like oh he's european right so would you consider that (laughs) queer energy um that can be yeah that can be seen as queer energy i mean because you're you're breaking down those binary constructs. You okay. know what I'm saying? And now going into something more fluid. Because yeah, so, everybody's always saying, oh, he's French. And it's it's just something that I truly appreciate, whether I'm cooking. And I guess maybe that from a 50s standpoint, it's like the yeah. men were always doing this. But like, there's things that we, you know, mm-hmm. I enjoy doing. And- well, this is that's, that's a very interesting topic because that may, kind of made my brain go <laughs> um, and lose it a little bit because... BET just recently came out with the queer as fuck mm-hmm. um, list that I was a part of. Thank you, BET. Yay. Thank you, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, growth, honey. Mm-hmm. Growth. Right. Oh, my goodness. So you have recently um, Black Trans TV, Sir Knight and Lovemore. Um, they date women. But a lot of people saw their photo and automatically thought gay meaning they probably date each other or whatever the case may be. So there was a lot of backlash with that, um, which I thought was a great picture. And I thought it was beautiful to see two black men mm-hmm. showing nothing but joy and love to each other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people were ignorant as fuck. So ignorant. Um, <laughs> but they automatically thought gay, hmm. um, which is not really it. Hmm. But they, it wouldn't be queer, right? Right. So, I mean, so for so for them, you can... You can date women and be seen as i guess heterosexual or be in a heterosexual relationship and still fall under the queer umbrella ah figured it out right. <laughs> okay so like okay i've had gay friends where they feel they can a quote unquote turn out jay or me okay and maybe it's because again like i just said like there might be uh what again in the context is again not putting a stamp to anything but if, if jay has more of a sensitive side that you more sensitive than usual that you would find in mm-hmm. a straight male they're saying that everybody is queer by default and that love is love but people aren't comfortable with taking it to the sexual aspect of it so yeah. that's why i feel like there's always been that yeah i'm gonna turn jay out i'm gonna mm-hmm. turn rich out i've turned out you know like and it's one of those things if they're attracted to you, they're attracted to you right so it's funny that it's almost an epiphany for me mm-hmm. and maybe even you where it's like, okay, now I understand why they feel that there's always that opening. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, at the, if we go back to the beginning, 
the beginning of time. <laughs> okay. When dinosaurs are when around dinos- or too far back? <laughs> right. Which came first? <laughs> yeah. Jesus or the dinosaurs? You yeah. will never know. Because um, <laughs> that's another conversation. But um, I'm going back to Native American times. Okay. So um, before Christopher Columbus did his massacre and fucked up the whole shit. Um so Native Americans believed in two-spirited individuals, um, and they praised them. So, you know, and, and a lot of Africans did as well, um, which a lot of people don't know. Um, they didn't call them non-binary. I think they were mostly two-spirited, and they had other terminology um, and vocabulary used for it. So I always find that to be very interesting because I just feel like before... The settlers came over and took over and kind of created these binary boxes of male and female religion. and the religion and the colonizer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, geez, Louise. Um, before they came over, things were just lit. Like if you had a connection with someone, you did it. And that was that. There was no labels. There was no nothing um, equivalent to that person. It was just like, this is who I like. And that's mm-hmm. it. But now things have become so much more complex. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, we're, we're trying to learn mm-hmm. from our ancestors and the Native Americans who, you know, who kind of set that mm-hmm. tone for America in the beginning um, before shit got fucked up. But Interesting. Yeah. Now, to clarify, to, if you bump into somebody and they were like, okay, what does queer mean? How would you lay it out for them? The simplest way possible. Simplest way. Okay. Um, if there's any simple way of saying it, because it probably isn't now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, I just feel like it's a, it's a, because I looked on Google. Mm-hmm. Actually, should I, let me read what Google said. Here's my phone. Jesus. I hear this. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to let you know what Google yeah. said. Well, I can't, now that you mentioned Sir Knight the other day, right? Yes. Well, earlier, uh, the other day I was on his page mm-hmm. and he posted something on his story that said queer does not mean gay. Right. Right. So once you said that part, it was like, because I always, like Rich said earlier, he was saying that um, a lot of our, our gay friends would mention to him like uh, that I give off like gay energy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess because I'm more sensitive. I'm more of the like the reserve type. I don't know what it means, but I guess I would fall under the queer umbrella now. <laughs> I mean, if but see, you define you. You know what I'm right. saying? Like no one else can define you except you. Can I get you, a finger snap? Okay. Can I get a, can I get a, a <laughs> um, so only you can define you. So it doesn't really matter what they say or think. Mm-hmm. Um, they just try and get it right period they, 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 that, and that's that on that because i've played that trick as well and sometimes it worked and sometimes it did um okay okay i found the definition so i i had posted because i think a lot of people have reposted i think sir reposted mine that said queer does not mean gay um queer is an umbrella term for sexual and gender minorities who are not heterosexual or cis who are not cisgender okay originally meaning strange or peculiar peculiar Queer came to be used um, against those with same-sex desires or relationships in the late 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now, because queer is such a fluid word, mm-hmm. I think you can be heterosexual and have queer tendencies or queer energy. Mm-hmm. 
So I I'm I'm all about energy. So I feel like queer is more of an energy than an identity. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot yeah. of people will be like, "Oh, you weird as hell," and I'm like, "I guess so, y'all." Right. I'll embrace that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, who isn't a little off? Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Wait, is that is that the word I wasn't supposed to use? Oh. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I would say uh, special. Special. Yeah, yeah. special. But even that word sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's a lot, but I think I think I love using the word um, the the letter I, which means individual. Mm-hmm. You know, this is who I am. This is how one I eye photography. Okay, and it has a double meaning. Did I ever tell you why I called it one eye photography? Plug. Huh? Did I ever tell you why? <laughs> right. Yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> Did I ever tell you why I, I named no, it One Eye Photography? I don't think so. One is off of that basis for sure because I was like, okay, it's a play on words. But my father, when uh, he was a really bad kid growing up in France, and he used to play with slingshots with his friends. And unfortunately, he, like the other kid was like, he said like a half a mile away, and he got hit in the eye with the slingshot where actually his eye fell out in the woods. Wow. And he lost his eye, and on top of it, all the kids ran. So he's lost, disoriented in the woods, and literally a policeman found him on the side of the road, kind of like, you know, out of it. Mm-hmm. And then my dad had this whole journey from there where, again, to make a long story short, one, he ended up using his weakness of having one eye as a strength because his dad wanted to give him his eye. I felt like it was one of those things where the nerve endings or his eye was too large for my dad's skull at the time. They could have maybe reattached it. Even back then, you know, you lose the perception of the third dimension. So Mm -hmm. everything ends up like a photo, like 2D. So he had a really good eye for photography. And that's why I called it one eye photography based off of my father's experience in life. And also there's only one you, like your fingerprint. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So one eye and the strongest power. So that's what it stands for. That was deep. Yeah, yeah. That was deep, Rich. Thank you. That was deep. I just wanted you to know, you know. Finger snaps for that. Because I had no I had no idea. I'm thinking like, okay, one eye, eye through the lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like that too. Yeah, you always use one eye to take a photo. You right. Know? So you can you can play. That was I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's empowerment. The more you know. The more you know. And that rainbow. <laughs> So, um, what I was going to ask, uh, as well, like I know from, from, uh, experiences of being around other people that are cis or straight, Mm -hmm. always when it comes to gay or, you know, the LBGTQ community, they're always thinking about the sexual thing. That's like the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Maybe you want to give a little bit of clarity on from what i know because of our conversations my knowledge is that it's a free-flowing like nobody really takes role because it is Mm non-binary so when people like oh are you a bottom are you a top or this or that Mm -hmm. like maybe you want to give a little bit more insight to the sexual experience like i want to bring the levels of maybe what people are uncomfortable you know uncomfortable by that little bit of discomfort where it's like we all know love is love, right? Sometimes right. even probably, you know, in the trans community, like they don't want to have sex all the time. Sometimes you want to just lay in bed type of vibe. Just and I'm feeling everybody goes to that direction. Yeah. And it's like, imagine like you bring, you bring up a straight person, all you want to think about them having sex each time. It's like, that's not how it should be going, correct? Right. It's a mess. It, mm-hmm. Honestly, it's one of those things like, mind your damn business like Mm -hmm. if we're not fucking then you don't need to know 
shit. shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And a lot of people, I think people are just so more, they're obsessed and secretly obsessed, it's a lot a of taboo. people. And yeah. it's a taboo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, oh my God, what's behind door number one? It's like, no, mm-hmm. it's not for you to find out unless we fucking or you pay me. Mm-hmm. And that's that on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so saying? Right. Okay. <laughs> like, cut it out. Like, hello. Insiders. It's, you know, it's crazy how people like, people will literally go up to someone ignorantly and be like, oh, so how do you use the bathroom? Or do you have a dick? Or have you gotten surgery yet? What? You wouldn't ask that to anybody. And you're just Are you like... fucking crazy? <laughs> like, if you go up to the wrong person, you will get knocked the fuck mm-hmm. out. Like, no shade. Like, you will really get knocked out. Like, I'd be like, Jay, does your anus look like octopus right. mouth? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, people are legit I mean, That's what anuses crazy. look like. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what they look like. I would like to see it. I would like to see it, Jay. Nobody um, wants to see that. But, <laughs> Trust like, me. Hello. I can name a couple people that do. <laughs> oh, okay. Go down the list. But no, people are really obsessed with things like that. And I find that so crazy because people have to understand that your genitalia does not... Um, it does not equivalent to your sexuality. You know what I'm saying? Like, and on your gender, whatever the case may be, like it's, it's not quite the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just what it is. Like, I mean, if you're, if you would like to know more and you want to actually get to know someone or on a personal level, then maybe they might feel comfortable with answering those questions. Yeah. But. I was going to say, like, I feel like everybody, you know, um, how do, like is there any way to say like for the whole community is there a way to say like i don't want to put everybody in an umbrella but like mm-hmm. when you say straight you get the idea it's like okay that's that community right i know do you always have to say lbgt i am trying my best okay. not to gotcha. um i think i think what we're moving more towards at the moment mm-hmm. um is using the word queer because okay. it's such an umbrella term for the entire All right, community so for the for the queer community right like i yeah. feel like just as human beings i feel like we have because that's what it is it's the human race first of all we all have these labels black white there is different colors but it's like saying cats yeah. all right there's so many different types of cats but at the end of the day we're cats right we're humans right exactly so that and i i feel like humans have fetishes right mm-hmm. so even from like uh you know a straight male or maybe I have queer energy now so it's like <laughs> so it's one of those things we all have fetishes it's like you're always like oh i want a big ass big tits like mm-hmm. even when you watch porn you're like i don't know if i'm gonna go with the guy that has the little dick fucking somebody you want the guy with the big dick it's like it's just imprinted in our brains that Absolutely, sometimes yeah. bigger is better and this or that but at the end of the day when you do enter your relationships in this life your mm-hmm. love like None of those things fucking matter. It's all about what makes you happy. Exactly. Like, I can go to a porn, right? Like, there's no non-binary porn out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. there's this queer porn, there's straight porn, and then that's pretty. And then there might be some other things in between. I have no idea what's going on. Right. Um, it gets but you, crazy. right? It gets a little crazy. <laughs> um, but you, just, people just like what they like. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know, straight identifying people that watch queer porn. Mm-hmm. I know them personally mm-hmm. but they're really queer but and but they don't identify as such mm. so it is what it is you know what i'm saying but i'm like okay you enjoy it get your life it makes you excited great get your life 
Right. It's like, I, <laughs> go, but you know what I mean? But and they're married to each other, like hmm. heterosexual couples that are like into watching like queer porn because it excites them. Like it's some, some, I've heard some like heterosexual people like, you know, queer porn is just more exciting than straight porn and da da da. da. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. okay. Hmm. Get, get it. <laughs> get it. I mean, oh. what do you think is the people's fear about gender neutral bathrooms? I never understood that. Because a lot of a, lo- a lot of people who are mostly very religious for the most part and ignorant. Um, I'm not saying all religious people are ignorant, but there's a lot of people that are. I went to Catholic school. I know. Um, <laughs> so did I. Okay, great. Eight, <laughs> ten years. We probably knew the same people. Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably related to. Oh my god. Maybe. <laughs> you have a number. Wait, what's your, cousin. what's your nationality? Um, I'm black. That's all I know. I've moment. asked you this question before, and people I was like, people have asked me, black. and I'm just like, I'm just black. Yeah. <laughs> and so it gets so that gets really upset when I say Dominican? just black. I feel like there's something else in my mixing pot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of black people are like, well, black is enough. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know it is enough, mm-hmm. but I know there's more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think from 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 my point of view, from my black experience, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I want to know like what else is out there cuz I mean, I know like we came from a, a lineage of slavery right. and I know there's some white blood somewhere up up in there. But there's more than that. And there's more even than that. before there's the Native slavery, Americans, like yeah, like yeah. the thing is again, we all know to a certain extent, black culture has been covered because it's one of the most prominent forces or first cultures Absolutely. that had so much. Um, was, yeah, <laughs> so much one family values because mm-hmm. we all know where it started. Yeah, I can get into my whole bag of why. Okay, right. Right. <laughs> because I, I was telling a lot of people, um, again, it's so hard to make a long story short with this, but. Okay. We all know we all know the birth of the human race is like African based. You can ask Europeans or anything like that. Anybody that's really knows what they know, we Mm -hmm. know that, right? After that, it goes to Asia. You can see it in the facial features. Yeah. Okay. Same thing, the Native Americans. It's like the the beauty about the Native Americans from the the hair. Mm-hmm. to the texture of the hair to the bone structure yeah they almost started this is like in between seeing the black person evolve into what we know as the caucasian yeah and that's what makes it interesting to me because it was colder climates so even in the the nose structure i know from a scientific or what has been said is that people from africa have broader nose noses because you also dealt with like deserts and stuff and like mm-hmm. it's just the way the skin the melanin the hair texture it was conformed to the environment right and a lot of family values come from black culture because the, it was so rich you had everything you needed in africa from food to everything so what was the focus family mm-hmm. right and then you almost see it in present day of like what became the caucasian man or same thing black hispanics have that very close bond even the way everybody embraces each other Mm -hmm. because the family values were the main focus now when you come into the days of slavery of what we know in america like literally the blood that has been laid on the soil it's a very different dialogue than somebody from africa that literally stayed on the mainland Mm -hmm. because the part that destroys it and has become probably even part of your dna right of the anxiety that the black community deals with is that 
the white man from the UK Northern is very survival standard. He he couldn't focus on family anymore because the harsh conditions. Mm. He couldn't trust his brother anymore because you ended up in environments where you, if you didn't eat, you died. Right. So now we see this in a very societal structure where it's like, okay, I can see it's like when you shake a white guy's hand, it's like this. It's mm-hmm. very like, you know, distant. Yeah. And then when you see again with the Hispanic, Latino, black community, even Asian culture, it's very more family oriented, very close. And when you take the head of the family, which is the male from, again, the slavery times, and you have the white male taking, whether it's cutting off his genitalia, same thing for the women, if you're killing the women in front, that depression starts becoming part of the DNA because the woman can't look to the head of the household anymore. Mm -hmm. She has to take all the burden for the children on top of dealing with slavery, thinking about, I'm going to die every day. Right. So all these energies have been transferred, as we know, down the line Mm -hmm. to everybody. And it also impacts, again, from a human standpoint, anybody that has become non-binary or anything else like that. And now we just see it to this day on the American soil. Yeah, it's pushing through. It's pushing through. So again, with all that said, it's like, you have to know your past. You have to understand where you came from Mm. and what you're actually meant to give back into your society. Because even like I'm saying, if you're coming from the Bronx or whatever like that, Mm -hmm. we know like there's a lot of people that like even from the black community, like they want to believe that even their families, everybody came from royalty. Not everybody was royal, but everybody came from a very spiritual from a very humbling family oriented culture mm-hmm. and that's been torn from you if anything right not the riches and the jewels that's what's been torn and that's what you know makes the world go round yeah is that love okay so what i'm saying from a scientific and a societal standpoint is why we have so much clash and why we don't have that support because almost in a sense the black community has been left with the loneliness that the white community Mm-hmm. had to go through yeah. from a from a survival standpoint if that makes sense you lost me five minutes ago oh my god <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you we was in a history class and you wasn't paying attention jay the test is tomorrow and you're gonna fail i'll um, fail hello but that was amazing like i mean mm-hmm. these are all things that i honestly just started to read on mm-hmm. um because as as i told you before i wasn't always into my blackness because it was always pushed down my throat that I couldn't be feminine. I couldn't be queer and black. I couldn't be mm. any of those things. I had to, and, I, and, I, and on top of that, I wasn't black enough because of it. I didn't sound black enough because of the way I spoke. I didn't look black enough. And whatever black is to a lot of black people, which has uh, honestly no common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will never understand it for a lot of people, but they're just, they're, a lot of people are very ignorant. A lot of people in my family mm-hmm. were very ignorant. And so I had to do that research on my own. Of course, it wasn't taught in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to then take a separate black literature class, and I was mm-hmm. not trying to do that. Um, so I had to I had to learn a little bit later on in life. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it sucks, but, you know, mm-hmm. at least I know now, and you move forward and mm-hmm. teach um, others. But I do need to look up my ancestry. I think it's very important to mm-hmm. at least try to do it, just to kind of see, like, 
you know, where certain things come from, like the way even like, you know, diseases or other characteristics that come in line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really important. So thanks to which <laughs> I'm going to try to get on that ASAP <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I am intrigued. I am intrigued. I want to know what us is inside. Because I do look at photos of me sometimes, mm-hmm. and I I think one photographer took a photo of me, and I look like a Native American like chief or mm-hmm. some sort of like queen or something. I and I was just that, like, yeah. and I've gotten mm-hmm. Ethiopian before, and I've gotten all these like. I see that too. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. hey, gay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just from the Bronx. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm just from the Bronx. I eat Wendy's all right. the time. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm just from the Bronx. I don't know what's happening. Um, and most of my family is actually, they're from South Carolina, and that's as far as I go mm-hmm. back. And of course, like Africa. But mm-hmm. that that's all I know. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to know more once I figure that that's out. That's interesting. <laughs> um, let's talk more about your professional career. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is your biggest accomplishment to date? Um, Pose, possibly. Yeah, I would have to say pose. I mean, that was the first time I really, I really saw myself becoming someone, becoming someone that was transcending into a new form of themselves Mm -hmm. and it was powerful and I received so much love from that opportunity to be uh, a featured actor for two Mm -hmm. seasons on a hit show was like a big thing and I didn't really Mm -hmm. get into it until I got the love back and feedback from people Mm -hmm. who was like oh my god like I saw myself within you and Mm -hmm. you know I had no lines I still don't have no lines Mm -hmm. it's been two seasons so Mm -hmm. hopefully you just like show in the background you know what I'm saying it's all about energy like you always say it's you know (laughs) can we finally give Hawk his deserving lines because literally I was watching the show with my mom all the time and I was like Hawk's winning these um you know these these balls these runway battles and I'm like that could be a character that could be a what do we gotta talk to to tell I'm gonna give you the get your lifeline. Uh, 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 um, Stephen Canals, uh, Janet Mock, um, casting people. Listen, Let, just give him that just, one line, and it'll <laughs> blow up from there. I please, promise you. Please, please. Um, but no, it was it was an amazing opportunity just to even be on for two seasons. Um, because for the second season, I wasn't really seen much because they had went on they had passed through five years into the future mm. so they wanted to change up the ballroom a little bit and add new faces okay. um but then janet mock one day i didn't even know she knew my name she was like um we want b-hawk up here like in oh. the front and i was like oh okay. shit here we go and then in the finale i wasn't even supposed to walk that runway scene in mm. um, season two they kind of just was like the girl that they originally chose she was she was really pretty she was a little short mm. um, standing next to the other girls. And he was like, we need someone else. We need another femme energy in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. And so they was like, B-Hawk. And mind you, I'm at crafting, eating, minding my business. And, <laughs> right, eating, right, eating, some, eating something. Some sort of, it, was, it was a turkey bacon sandwich, actually. Um, <laughs> I love turkey bacon. I don't bacon. know why I automatically thought turkey sandwich. I was, was like, so I love funny. turkey bacon. Why do you have all these commonalities? Maybe you are Dominican. I'm prob- no, I'm probably. I got in Dominican growing up a lot, though. And I used to be like, I don't know what it's funny. You're going to be like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so probably definitely pose it definitely changed my life do you sure. have any um uh celebrity figure relationship friendships that you value because of the show um i wouldn't necessarily 
oh, I'm trying to think. You said celebrities. So I'm like, oh. um, mm-hmm. but I have some close acquaintances that I do see from time to time through that show. Um, I mean, they're all they're all beautiful people, and every time I see them, it's nothing but love and respect, which I always appreciate. Like Billy Porter will literally shout me out, like if I he saw, saw him me in, your in the street. Comment section, yeah, one of your it, photos. Isn't it crazy? When he followed me, I was like, oh shit, here we go. Okay, yeah, because most of the cast they do follow me, and I'm just like, well, when Billy Porter did, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is official. This is this is a thing now. This is pretty official because mm-hmm. I think, um. With him, he just he's just so amazing. He's been doing this for so long. And for him to get, you know, to this platform to reach millions and millions of people and to become kind of like a household name mm-hmm. and just be his true self and his whatever form he may be in, um, because he's such a, a style chameleon. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes from Broadway life and it's it's just really great to kind of see that um come into fruition for him. It's really mm-hmm. beautiful. And, you know, MJ Rodriguez is doing great things. India Moore, um, is amazing it's like she mm-hmm. they whoa um <laughs> they are so iconic and they're so powerful with their voice and their platform and they don't put up to any bullshit mm-hmm. um dominique who plays electra she's stunning and i've literally like stood in for her a couple of times on set because we're both like around the same height mm-hmm. um <laughs> and saying like a lot of the clothes that she didn't get to wear or they didn't want, they usually put on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always fun. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Um, Blair Rain Pendavis got Electra's um, sloppy seconds. But, you know, we glammed them up. We made it work. We made it work. It was cute. I was I was happy about that. I was going to say, like, a lot of the characters are very endearing. You fall in love with them yeah. over time. Is anybody, like, very different from who they play? Like, are they really in that acting bag that you're like, oh, like, I wish you were? <laughs> I mean, that's probably not a good question to ask. Like you're trying to set me up. No, no, I'm not trying, to, trying set to set you. Set me up. No, I'm just saying, like, is um, like is everybody like very pleasant offset as they are onset? Absolutely. I mean, they're all like really, really. I think I get along with pretty much most of them. Everyone's pretty. Like, hi, Bihawk. Hey, mm-hmm. like they'll stop what they're doing to just say hi. Like, especially MJ. MJ Rodriguez is the sweetest nugget in the world. Like, like humble. humble. She's so chill. Like, she'll stop and just. She's probably the most opposite from her character because she will literally. She's super goofy and playful and upbeat. Like, she'll stop and just do a dip in the middle of a scene. Like when they <laughs> yell cut. And I remember they were rushing her off to her trailer, and we were in passing, and I had waved to her. I was like, "Hey, MJ," and she literally stopped everyone in her team and was like, "No, I have to go say hi to B Hawk." And I looked at her, I was like, girl, what is wrong with you? Like, go, you better go to your trailer and get your life together. She was like, no, you said hi, I want to give you a hug. And I'm like, that's dope. Thanks, girl, for seeing me. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think I was re- I just respected her so much for that moment because mm-hmm. they don't they don't have to once you get like principal roles on shows, you know, mm-hmm. people start to feel it. And <laughs> you know, they become like really big shot. And I know it's mm-hmm. a lot of stress and work that goes into it. So it's a lot of brain power. Mm-hmm. So you technically can't give all your energy um all over to two hundred extras and background people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you know, when they do have those moments with you, I feel like it just, it makes the experience so much better. And like, mm-hmm. even with Dominique, like she's literally sat aside with me and told me like, you don't have to be sad right away. Just take your time. The opportunity mm-hmm. will come. Like she sat down with me and she was like, you know, having these like really cool intimate conversations mm-hmm. because I, I, at the end of the day, a lot of these, um, 
um, people in Pose were actually mothers in the ballroom scene. So they're mm. very nurturing and very caring and very loving. And I think it's it's beautiful to just kind of see that on camera and off camera and how yeah. it works. I think Dominique is probably the most, definitely the most opposite of her character, Electra. Electra mm-hmm. is definitely <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Dominique is just so sweet. You know, she's so kind. I mean, she has her moments. You know, she'll she'll let that bitch out. But for literally 90% of the time, she's mm-hmm. so sweet and so nice. Okay. What did you learn from being on set? Ugh. You mentioned the word nugget earlier. I know you're referring to somebody, nugget. but what was the golden nugget that you I'm came out of? The golden nugget. From, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> from being on set. I was just so inspired. I was inspired to see people like me on a set for once because you do a lot of this background stuff and you're only, you're always the only black one. Mm. You're always the only queer one. Right. And not sometimes you're only definitely an only non-binary person. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first time it felt like it felt good. Mm. It felt good to be represented in front of the camera and behind the yeah. camera. Mm. There was so much diversity everywhere, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, are the, um, are the balls as fun uh, filming as they do come off on the show <laughs> they can be but we're filming 13 14 hours a day so, so you have it, to get it right character. you gotta really like i w- and i tell people like you can't even throw shade to the background people on that set because we make the balls you know what right. i'm saying without background the balls would be boring as fuck it would just be electra and you know mm-hmm. Angel walking up and down on the runway. Are they doing a good representation of the balls from real life to uh, onset? I believe so. I have heard some criticism from people who had lived during the Paris's burning um, decade or eight, um, times. Please check out that documentary. Okay, oh, that's on my list actually. Paris's burning. It will change. <laughs> Um, it's so beautiful, especially if you're a New Yorker or you grew up in the tri-state area in New Jersey. Like Paris is burning is like you get to see New York in its rarest form. Like especially coming from a different point of view. Um, it's raw. It's very raw. You know, you get to see people, you know, dying of AIDS, you know, HIV, drugs. But you also it's uplifting at the same time because people are going into these ballrooms and they're uplifting each other with nothing but positive and love and giving each other awards um, and acknowledging each other. And I think that's the the most beautiful point of these of shows like Pose. Like you get to see that and Paris is burning, of course. Um, but it it's it's I wish I do wish Pose was a little bit more grittier when it came mm. to the ballroom because I if you watch Paris is burning, it was trashy. Trash, yeah. Like they were in basements, it was probably water coming from the ceiling, like trash was all over the ground. I wish it was but as when you think about Pose, it's a Hollywood version of right, what right. that was that was real life this is hollywood so of course they're gonna glam it up and make it look like all cool and pristine right. um but i do a lot of people who came from that paris is burning era they did have issues with the show mm. because it wasn't really following that dialogue of the original mm. um but you know pose is not paris is burning and i right. think uh, people have to just know that like they're just taking bits and pieces of that decade and just glamorizing it right. a little mm-hmm. bit. I have a two piece question because it was a perfect transition, I feel. Uh, yes. Two. One about AIDS. I'm going to get, we always, Jay recently got into his conspiracy bag okay. and I, I I love that. 
so I'm gonna ask you a conspiracy question because mm-hmm. it has to do with AIDS. Is okay. it was it government created? Do you think to get rid of the queer community, mm. or do you feel that it actually came along some some other way? Mm-hmm. And my two piece is because you said Paris is burning. Uh-huh. New York, you're from New York, and you recently had a trip to Paris, so I want to know about your experience as well. Oh, sweet Jesus. Um. Okay. First question. Boom. I believe it was the government because the government has been a whole setup for a very long time, like to kill out people, to marginalize people. Um, and honestly, I really, I do, I, or, or it did come up, come upon probably on its own. And I feel like maybe the government made it worse than what it was. And kind of implanted it in certain places, um, very similar to what they kind of did in like places like the Bronx. Like they put drugs, they planted that shit over there, mm-hmm. so they can die out. You know, all the you know black and brown people. Um, I feel like the government is up to a lot of crazy things, um, so I wouldn't even be surprised if they implanted that somewhere and tried to mm-hmm. kill people off. But I mean, it did it, it did its job, but. Unfortunately, not enough because we're still here today at this goddamn (laughs) table. Um, (laughs) And then the second part question, Paris. Okay, so yes, um, I am a Bronx native. um, Born, actually born in Washington. Okay, (laughs) shout out to the Bronx. Lean back with it. Um, I was actually born in Washington Heights, and um, okay, what is going in the Heights? Can we go see in the Heights together when it comes out? I've always wanted to. Oh my god, we have to go see in the Heights because we didn't see it on Broadway. I didn't see it on Broadway. I've always wanted to, but I I don't think I think it's done now. It's a musical. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they have it on Broadway anymore. But it's coming. Musicals make me crazy. It's a movie, Mm -hmm. so it's coming out as a movie. So we got to go see it. Five dollars Tuesday, AMC. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) Save your money. Save your money. But um, so yeah, I haven't left. I have went to Paris when I. I was younger i was like 13 maybe so i didn't remember much from that trip so um i was always thinking for a long time i was like i need to take a trip i need to take a trip i need to get away i need to leave the country so here we are like 15 years later i was like let's go me and my best friend pal jones we said we was pal motherfucking jones honey <laughs> we was like we're gonna well, let's do this we're gonna go to paris and we're gonna london and we're gonna slay it and it's gonna be amazing word to pal jones um if you if you ever fall on pal jones instagram he giving away a lot of brown sugar if you know what i'm talking about what? i've been scrolling through my instagram like oh pal <laughs> Boy, I mean, um, he is still single. If everyone <laughs> wants to get on that, um, that's yeah, the perfect out. name because you'll scroll and be like, Pow! Pow. <laughs> No, I don't even. Where did that name come from? I think it came him and his old best friend, um, before me, um, <laughs> old best friend. They used to, I think they were called, I forgot what it was, I think they were called Boom and Pow. They had like a little, <laughs> like a YouTube show or something like that. Boom and Pow. It was, he's gonna get on me because I probably wasn't called boom and pal but it was something of that nature uh-huh. and um so yeah that's how pal came Ooh, along and his last name is jones so pal jones that's so. a name. yeah that's so sometimes when he's when he because his 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 government name is philip michael payton so i don't know that's wait where did jones that come is from? A yeah actor name right there so philip michael payton is his, his um his philip government michael name payton. wow so yeah, so Pal Pal Jones came out of I don't even know where Jones came from because I thought Jones was his last name just now. My bad, sorry, <laughs> Um, So yeah, that whole thing came apart. So yeah, we went to Paris, 
and um, it was amazing. We had a great time. Um, I wish we had a tour guide so we can get around more because the transit system was a mess. But we did get a lot of really great advice from our boy Rich over here. <laughs> Gave us a whole two-page list of things to do, I'm and sure I think he did. we all right. <laughs> that went to your parents as well. Yeah, I think we did like three of those things it. on that list, but it definitely did <laughs> options. help. Options. Mm-hmm. I like options because mm-hmm. we uh, if we didn't have options. We would have been in the hotel room looking stuck and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paris was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. We we went. I think the first night we went and got on like a mani pedi, and we walked into this spot near the hotel. And these ladies were just super dope. Like one of them was a psychic. She was a Pisces. Pisces are always kind of psychic-ish. Um, <laughs> and she was like, she didn't know any English or barely to none. And she was just like, um, I feel uh, like you, um, you uh, do a TV and entertainment. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Like, girl, what? And I wasn't even like dressed up, and I had on like sweats in my like my hoodie. Um, and I was just like, what the fuck? Energy. Uh, energy. <laughs> it was crazy. So then we had to like translate on Google, like on the on the laptop, uh-huh. like what we were trying to say to each other. And she was like, no, I see you on TV and your friend pal. Um, he helps you out and things of that nature. And, mm-hmm. da, da, da. and she was like, I see you wearing like red and pink and all these colors. And I was like, girl, you are freaking me out. Because a lot of the <laughs> colors they put me in on pose are red and pink and like purples mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And I was like. Like, it was crazy. So that blew my mind in Paris. That was, like, the thing that was, like, wow. Like, I fuck with you, sis, because you, you're, like, really blowing my mind right now. Um, and she was telling me things about my future. She was telling me things about, like, that a lot of people didn't know about, like, my uncle, because he had a stroke. And she was saying someone in my family, heart hurts. Like, she was like, his heart hurts. His heart hurts. Um, he's not happy where he is, because now he's in rehab now. Um, and I was just like, damn. So that really blew my mind. Um London was great. London was a total mood. Like people spoke the you know the language. We were cool. It was your mixing. desserts looked amazing. On the <laughs> the desserts were lit. The drinks were lit. Everything was great. We had our friends. A lot of friends we knew there. Um, and we just had a really great time. It was just felt good to get out of New York. I feel like everyone needs to take a break to get in the you know tri-state area and just explore the world if they can. Definitely expands your mind, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. Like I was just like, wow. Like, and and I think it's important to go overseas and travel so other people know that there are other people in this world because mm-hmm. I think. Especially in Paris, everyone's very clickish. Like mm. they kind of just—it's not—it's not as like mixy as like New trust. York is. Trust me, I feel like I'm too American for the French, and I'm too French for the Americans. Yeah, so I'm literally right there in the middle. I have like no. So like, if I see a French person, I'll be oh, vous parlez français? Like you speak French, mm-hmm. and they ignore me. Mm. So it's like if you're not a hundred, like if because like some French people. They're like, oh, you have like pretty good accent for being in the States so long. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And they're the kind ones. But yeah. if, if if any French person that's raw French from Paris, like notices that little bit of twang, they're not having it. They're not having it. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how it all works. But I'm just like, y'all, we we, we all humans. We're going to get through that's this. Yes, is. we speak different mm-hmm. languages, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. You probably think I'm ghetto as fuck, but that's okay because I am. <laughs> I am a little bit. I so am. You call just yourself Bougetto earlier. Bougetto. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like I will go in places like, oh, this is cute. Okay. Wow. Didn't um one of the Saint Lunatics make a song like that, Bougetto? Yes. 
Yeah. Probably, what yeah. What was his name? N- uh, Nelly. Uh, well, Nelly it wasn't Murphy Lee, the other dude. Forget his name, but he did make a song called Bougetto back in the day. I got I got Bougetto <laughs> from, I think Candy Burris said it on the Houses of Atlanta. Hmm. She was she was saying like Phaedra Parks had a, like a Bougetto mm-hmm. like birthday party for their child. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's me. I would say we had our the most uh we had a bougetto day and and um i it was such an awesome time because first of all uh where was uh your other work where, where were you working at that like super cool thrift shop what was it called beacon's closet yes beacon's closet so um i met hawk in saint mark's and we went to this tie spot because I found out that you really like Thai. So we like grabbing lunch and just gave me this like dope present. Cause like Hawk knows how much I love Rick Owens. We're always talking about fashion designers. So he brought me a pair, they. if anybody knows, of like, <laughs> of uh, tan, they, sorry. It's okay. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I'm, and I'm here to correct you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. So they brought me a beautiful pair of, um, the tan color wave of the geo baskets 100% real 100% like authentic it, mm-hmm. they were just the dopest pair and i was just taken away because he just gave me this pair of like rick owen geo baskets from work and then we went um where we go we had that uh sorbet yes yeah, yeah. you remember all i was just like where are we going with this yeah, I yeah don't no, remember no. that day at all and it but was really cool back. because it was like like a new york summer type of day and you really let me into your whole like family life and like where you came from yes. and that's the real first moment i felt like okay we're not talking on some business level like i'm really getting to know you as a person mm-hmm. and like i just found out like how incredible like your story was and where you're going and it just felt amazing so like it was a, on a bougetto budget Absolutely. but like it was like it was such a dope new york vibe yeah you know because i mean i feel like new york is a bougetto ass really is. like mm-hmm. like nyc is bougetto as fuck yeah like it's you, you will find the cheapest things so much fun and then you can also find really expensive stuff that can give you that kind of same energy um, but this is all about you know that that what you got in your bag, mm-hmm. okay? Make mm-hmm. the best of it. There's so many That's like mm-hmm. I've always been like, oh my god, this new New York is driving me crazy because I didn't find a lot of places that you can go for free anymore to kind of just have mm-hmm. fun and just chill with your friends. Besides like the park, like it's cold as high. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I want to go somewhere indoors I can just chill. And I think I found some like um somewhere in Soho on Broadway. There's like this movie thing dedicated to like movies. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's Regal. I don't know what it is. But it's like dedicated to all movies or the newest movies. You can just go in there for free. You can have like this like red carpet experience. You can walk around, watch movies for free, That's hang dope. out with your friends. Mm. And that was so cool to see like like New York giving back and yeah. having people go into a space where they don't have to pay crazy money for. Yeah. And like galleries. But mm-hmm. you know. I got you. <laughs> now, um, I know we could talk about this all day, but I think we're over the two hour mark now. Sweet Jesus. So <laughs> what is next for B Hawk Snipes? <laughs> to wrap things up um greatness greatness can you get into any specifics or are you working on stuff that you can't talk no (laughs) um no more 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 really great um like i said i'm writing i'm gonna be producing some more um i will get into music again Mm -hmm. um 
eventually it mm-hmm. will come um but i'm not like i'm not stressing anything um i'm just letting things go with the flow i feel like there's a time and energy for lots of things i have so many so many other more passionate things that i really want to get done mm-hmm. television wise um because i feel like that's that's where i'm most powerful that's mm-hmm. where i feel most happy mm-hmm. and most comfortable so i want to get those um projects out the way mm-hmm. first so behind be- or in front of the camera a little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. I'm gonna Issa Rae the situation uh-huh. and lean away it a little bit, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna be in front of the camera and behind mm-hmm. um, all over. So I'm I'm excited. Awesome, cool. Write where, your own narratives. Where can people find you? <laughs> um, Look you straight can, into that camera over there and tell them where to find oh, you. <laughs> oh, camera one or camera two. Um, hello. Uh, you can find me at B Hawk Snipes. That's B H A W K Snipes, like Wesley. Um, S N I P E S. Google me. Thanks. Are you related to Wesley? <laughs> yes. Somewhat. <laughs> Great answer. Somewhat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pay so, your taxes, uh, y'all. And before we leave, before we leave, um, I wanted to keep this beautiful and pleasant, joyous uh, interview, which we, we've had. But recently, um, we just want to say rest in power uh, to our good friend, Feldhammer. We lost him this week. And mm-hmm. um, definitely want to give him recognition. We love you forever, Feldzy. And uh, we love you, Hawk. We love, love you, you forever. <laughs> we got to recognize your friends while they're here. So um, do you want to leave anybody with one more line of wisdom before we head out? What do you think I'm thinking, Jay? Hmm. Do it together. Get, get your get life. Your life. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it. I knew you knew. And with that said, you're going to follow me. This is our line, right? Okay. We're going to hit him with the intro and the outro. So we're going to say it at the same time. You ready? Okay. We're going to hit him with the, the intro, intro and the, the outro. outro. Bang! One. play the social game we are social power 98.5